Welcome to an abbreviated After Hours with me, Rick Kogan. My guest for this entire hour is uh, the one and only Tony Fitzpatrick. Also with Tony is one of his protégés and one of my young friends, Danny Torres, who's an incredibly talented artist. We're talking about a couple things that Tony has upcoming, but I want to go back a while. Because Tony and I have known each other since... Oh, my God. I know. I'm telling you when. (laughs) Since 1981. When we met at a memorial service for Nelson Algren at Second City. Yeah, absolutely. And Tony was kind of, uh, frankly, a bum at the time. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, a real bum at um, the time. You know, card carrying. <laughs> card carrying. If bums. they gave out cards, I'd have had He's one. Also, Tony does not drink, but he has somehow found a water drink called Liquid Death yeah. that he's sipping here, which I think I'm is I'm going right. to do some packaging for them. What do you mean? They took one look at my work and thought, hey, you know, he's, he's perfect. Kind of perfect for us. Yeah. <laughs> perfect for it. Yeah. Tony and I had a lot of wild times when we were younger, and, and oh, I have written about him plenty, and he has been on my show plenty and been on a lot of shows plenty. I, I got to ask you, Tony, you were such a, a, a city kid. Yeah. Though you grew up not in the city. Not at all. Not at all. Villa Park uh, and Lombard, you know. I credit your dad. Absolutely. For that. How did he do it? I'll tell you what, he, uh, you know, I I spent a lot of time uh, getting kicked out of school. and Surprise, you know, surprise. Yeah, and um, I would go to work with him. And the first, you know, few hours he'd be mad at me. Getting booted from school. Getting the trunk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're going to ride in the getting trunk. Getting the trunk, yeah. <laughs> and then his need to tell stories would take over. What was he Every doing? Every neighborhood. He sold burial vaults. Yeah. He would he would yeah. go from funeral home to funeral home, and he covered the whole Chicagoland sure. area. At that time, he worked for Wilbert Burial Vault, and later on, he worked for Sterling KL, uh, which is up in the northwest suburbs. And he really knew the city. You know, he estimated one time to me that he'd probably driven close to a million miles in the city of Chicago wow. over... 45 years of doing that see that's a rare thing you know nobody very few people get to see the whole city cops have their absolutely beats. taxi drivers won't drive certain places and not just there i mean he, yeah. you know the, the northern suburbs the western suburbs that he had you know he had a route he, he pretty much covered everybody he made you or compelled you to fall in love with the city absolutely of Chicago. absolutely where did he grow up he grew up in the south side of Chicago. It's 72nd Damon. He made you a Cubs fan. <laughs> he made me a Sox fan. And he said, uh, he he never referred to it as the south side of Chicago. He always referred to it as the great south side of Did Chicago. Did he really? Interesting. Absolutely. Interesting. And uh, he grudgingly became a Bears fan when the Cardinals left yeah. for St. Louis yeah. Yeah. in 1959. Um, but it, what was weird is that he had a story for every part of the city. And it was like the city was one huge house, and every day he showed me a different room. How often were you in trouble? I mean, <laughs> Very often. Very often. You know, the, the, the four that grew up behind me yeah. were so grateful because <laughs> they could have burned down the convent. <laughs> And come home and be been reasonably assured that I had done something worse. We know? are talking this entire hour with my friend Tony Fitzpatrick, uh, who has a show coming up. Uh, 
Next Friday night? I don't want to talk about the show yet. I don't want to talk I don't more either. about your life. And, Danny, whenever you feel like there's stuff you don't know about Tony, you're now in business together. Yep. Uh, yeah, he's my partner in our public art company, Humble Caballo. And this is the other thing about Tony. Tony has been, I met him as a, as I said, as a bum. Bum. Uh, as, a, as a bum who drank. Reprobate. Who drank too much and made these weird <laughs> And drawings. you drank with me. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't add dis- that. I don't dispute that. I don't dispute that. I thought, oh, here's a, here's a young man I can train. Exactly. Here's exactly. a young man I can train. Here's a mind I can mold. You well, know? I would love to tell the story of the night we went to. Lacage? Uh, uh, no, it was called Huckleberries. Yeah. <laughs> is that the joint? <laughs> yes, we cannot tell that story. No, we can't. cannot tell that story on the air. Not in uh, hope to keep uh, uh, both of our jobs. <laughs> Tony's been on the radio a lot, too. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about his movie career. We'll talk about his acting career and his writing career. He has uh, basically done it all. Danny, in, in a way, Tony's varied career is obviously some sort of inspiration to you, is it not? I um talk in the mic. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you will not. You will never have your own radio show unless you talk. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I like how free he is because uh, I went to the whole gamut of art school and they teach you how to do the thing and how not to do the thing. And Tony didn't do that. He yeah. he, he went his own way. They and, teach you everything except how to make a living, well, how to feed that, yourself. That, I yeah. mean that as well, but. But he he just he has no rules, and that's exactly the kind of friend I needed as I entered my own uh, professional life. Well put. We got to take a little commercial break, and we'll be back in a couple minutes with Tony Fitzpatrick and company. Welcome back. We're listening to Tony Fitzpatrick talk off the air, but uh, it's always valuable to listen to him talk off the air. And he never shuts yes. up. He always <laughs> you're, you know, he doesn't shut up. Let me ask you, we hear a wonderful thing from your pal and business partner and in many ways protege, Danny Torres, about your influence on him. When did art get you, Tony? When, you know what? When did it grab I'm you? I'm glad you asked me that because... I just finished a piece yesterday, uh, and I put, in, in there for the date, I put circa 1964, and that is honestly, when I, I was, I wanted to be a cartoonist, you know, I started yeah. looking at the Chester Gould, Dick Tracy, sure. um, Gasoline Alley, um, what about Mad, Harold Gray, Mad Larry, Magazine? Absolutely. <laughs> it set me free. It's yeah. like, these guys are wise asses, they're getting away with it, and they're getting paid for it. Yeah. And um, at the same time, I was watching all of the cartoons, and something very unique happened with the, the televised cartoons. There was still a lot of the old Freling studio, like Felix the Cat and stuff that were all in black and white. And then, you know, uh, Hanna-Barbera, the Jetsons, the Flintstones, um, and Looney Tunes. And you would notice that they had a great deal of subversion in them. Um, and that's what appealed to a you. great much of it. Yeah. 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 I mean, oftentimes I get kicked out of school, so I'd go home and watch cartoons. <laughs> and um, I began to think, this is what I'd like to do. And I, I didn't distinguish between comics and, and the cartoons. I just thought of them as oddly as part of the same thing. Were you immediately any good at it? I no, mean, I had to learn it. From? You know those books you buy at the paint store? Yeah. Cartooning for beginners? Really? Yeah, That's how you, you learned? Those? Yeah, and, you and, of... watched, and watched a lot of guys who 
did comics um, when I was a little bit older. The problem with comics was is that I didn't have the attention span for sequential art. You could just draw a comic Absolutely. character you know, yeah, without I, a story. Yeah, I just yeah. read a great comic graphic novel by um, a marvelous artist named Jim Terry. Yeah, you, yeah. You. Uh, called "Come Home, Indio." Just one of, the, not only one of the, the the best graphic novel I've ever read, one of the best books I've ever read. Wow! Because at its heart, it's about recovery, and it's also about identity in a very real way. Jim, Jim's father was an Irish jazz player, and his mom was native, and he he would always naggingly ask himself this question: Where do I belong? Mm. And and then finally, with with recovery and stuff, he figured out wherever I am. And that that landed for me. Danny got me that book, and uh, but it early, found me at a very good time in my life. So I'm happy about it. But early on, early, uh, early on, what did when you're? Yeah, I'm assuming you've got you know. Did some bad things in high school too, and maybe oh, uh, maybe you have no you, idea. You went to college for a time, didn't I you? I went to college to page for a little while. Why? You know? uh, I wanted to act. I wanted to learn about acting. I also wanted to take some drawing classes and become mm-hmm. a better draftsman. Yeah, and you know, I went for two semesters, and then. Uh, just found little, myself a little longer than I did. Yeah, yeah. I found yeah. myself uh, kind of bored by it, uh, even though they did a great job. I mean, the yeah, folks I know. out fond, there. I, yeah, you're. I'm fond of very that place. fond of that institution. When I when I gift a bunch of my work, it will be to that museum. So uh, I am so fond of both Justin Witte and Diana Martinez. They've done a remarkable job of bringing culture to that part of the having world. never met your dad, sadly, but knowing your mom. These are these were from everything I know very nurturing people. They would have said to my mother was <laughs> yeah, my father and maybe was, not so nurturing. No, yeah. my my dad, but he was he was actually he was. my my father. What I learned from him was not to quit. You know, I'm, I remember the day I told him I was going to be an artist and nothing else. Three out of the car. <laughs> he pulled the car over. And he goes, <laughs> get out, and he goes, not one step backwards. He didn't. I mean, he wanted you to have a career, a job. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. He kept well, saying, "This can be your avocation." That was yeah. his favorite word. This can be your hobby. Yeah, avocation. I said, was... "I said, oh, my hobbies are for jag bags." You know, <laughs> I, I, I do not need a hobby. I, what I need is a calling. And did you, he did finally you think, got it. Did you think at all you could make money? I mean, that's one of the no. interests. Yeah, of course no. not. You know yeah. what? You know what? I. Uh, you know, when I got sober, I got a job uh, tending bar. For a marvelous guy named Mike Brennan, who owned a, a, a bar on just off Philly Avenue, Villa Park, called Brennan's, and uh, you know his brother. His brother's uh, Lenny Pincus, Pat Brennan. Oh, sure, sure. And um, and uh, Mike was like, kind of like a big brother to me in that I would take these trips to New York and try to find some foothold in the art world there, and. Uh, he, you know, he was all for me. You know, I, I owe it did to the guy. Did you feel, did you sense, you, you did not have, a la Danny Torres, a mentor like you. Did you, it must have been awfully frustrating at first, Tony, wasn't it? In, in, in the beginning. Especially the you gallery scene. Oh, yeah, that, I, I did not speak that language yeah. at all. But something, you know, I, I didn't know how to put, uh, 
a name to it, but I remember reading in Bob Dylan's autobiography. Um, Chronicles. Yeah, Chronicles. And he said, you know, uh, I was standing on Bleecker Street, and I saw Destiny, and Destiny was only looking at me. And I didn't have that dramatic of a thing, but <laughs> yes. I also thought, I also thought, you know, most of the guys I knew who were doing what I was doing, they had worked out a plan B. I never thought about it. Yeah, not once. Uh-huh. You know, not you know, it was this or nothing. You know, well, you um, you knew though, you knew though that you could go home, that your mom would take oh, yeah, you in. Yeah, I mean, that absolutely. Was, that absolutely. was like a, a, always a fault. Oh, after thing. my horrible car accident, I mean, I I, I remember getting yeah. that phone call. Yeah, my that's when you and my dad spoke on the phone. Correct. You know? um, Correct. Yeah, I mean, yeah, my my you know my mother was it the was it the car crash that changed, yeah. changed the route of your life? That's yeah, when you stopped. absolutely. I had to think. I I thought I have to get serious. And how old were you when when you got the car crash? Oh God, I was twenty one, twenty two. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And um, and it was, it was a in 1981. Bad, it, was it was a bad. It yeah. was a bad crash. I was in the hospital for a long yeah. time. It was you right know? after we had met. Right after yeah. Wilson Algren but, um, died. And uh, yeah, that was a bad year for everybody. Yeah. You know, well for you but, and um, for you and Nelson. But, but certainly. boy, my 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 mom was uh, just a champ. You know, yeah. I mean, I was a you know 23 year old bus boy. You know, I mean, she would take me to the art store, buy me art supplies, and it's like you know. But All my other had, friends had cars. They were getting married. They were, you know, and <laughs> they'd gone to college. Yeah, so. exactly. But she had faith in you, and that faith. Yeah, she did. Was one of the great, I think, one of the great foundations of your manhood. A good mother yep. will get you far. Hmm? Yep. A good yeah. mother will get you far. You know that too. You know. <laughs> I got. I got. Uh, and a car wreck from a DUI, roughly the same age as well, so that's strange. Oh. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, you just heard the perfect route <laughs> to becoming a famous artist. Do you remember? No, I, you, I, I remember, I remember uh, getting my first show in New York, and I remember thinking. What is the first piece you ever sold, and who'd you sell it to? You've got to remember. I that. sold two pieces, three pieces actually, to Keith Herring. And how did that happen? The famous I was sitting, artist. I was sitting in Washington Square, and my friend uh, Danny Laborer mm-hmm. uh, lived in New York then, and he, he did. He was one of those spray can guys. He made some interesting things, and he said, "Go down to Washington Square. You know, sit by the fountain, line your stuff up, and um, you know, people. <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, people will at least take a look." He goes, "I've never." gone a whole day without selling something wow. you know so i was making the slate drawings yeah i mean yeah remember I remember. These. Sure. We, used to, sure. we used to meet for lunch once in a while and i'd show them to you and i had four or five of them out and this kid comes bopping up and he's got a crew cut and the really cool glasses and he's like way hipper than me and at that time I you was were still, not. Yeah, I no. would never describe you in those days no, as hip. No, I had, the, no I had the biker jacket, yeah, the yeah, long hair. Yeah, I never yeah, shaved. Yeah, you know. I know. And um, <laughs> he goes, "What do you want for these?" And honestly, till that moment, I'd never really thought, even thought about put it. Put a price, know? sure. So I decided to swing for the fence. I go, well, fifty bucks." And he goes, "All right, I want those three. So he he gives me one hundred and fifty dollars in fifties. Now, now listen. Like three days earlier, 
the girl I chased out there uh-huh. kissed me off the minute I got to New York. Yeah. Just you're you not know. hip enough for this town. Oh, no, she said I've, I've met someone. You know, a sports writers. I've hated them ever since. And um, but I decided I'm here. You know, but I was down to about forty bucks, and I had about three or four days left in New York. Yeah, and I figured, well, I can take you know the subway to Port Authority and take a bus to back sure. to the airport. And um, so I'm I'm wrapping his drawings up. With this new invention called bubble wrap. That's yeah. how long ago this was. <laughs> this is 85. And he says to me, he says, are you going to be here tomorrow? I go, yeah, you're coming back. Yeah, if you, if you have any more money. Exactly, yeah. And he goes, I, I want to bring a friend of mine with me. You know? So the next day, I'm back. And sure enough, he comes back with possibly the coolest guy I've ever seen in my life. It's this young black guy. He's got the short braids. He's smoking a joint walking through Washington Square. Now, look, Rick. Not there unusual. Are, there are cops everywhere. Yeah, though, sure. You know? And he's just smoking a joint, and it's like, can't see me. You know, I mean. Was, um, was he wearing shoes? Because he didn't No, he was not. He was not. What was his name? Jean-Michel Basquiat. That ends the first half hour with yeah. Tony Fitzpatrick. Uh, we'll be back in a few minutes. We could sit here and talk for uh, Eight days, frankly, yeah. but stay tuned, please. Welcome back. I'm on the air with Tony Fitzpatrick and Danny Torres, two of Chicago's leading artists. Tony has a show opening Friday at the uh, Chicago Printmakers Collaborative at 4912 Northwestern Avenue. Go to chicagoprintmakers.com to get all the information. Here's the information that that Tony sent me via an email, and I think it's really wonderful. Tony is—he's not—he—he he has self-promotional instincts, but they are not overwhelming by any stretch of uh, contemporary life. He writes: "This show is three decades of my etchings. Uh, it's special to me. I've always thought of this work as who I am." The one-of-a-kind work is what I've learned. The etchings are what I am. The subjects go all the way back to childhood and are kind of a shadow autobiography. We whittled it down to 66 pieces of the more than 450 that he has made. They are darker, sadder, but also more replete with joy. If that doesn't intrigue you enough to get to the uh, Chicago Printmakers Collaborative, uh, I don't know what is. This Maybe is the a, free wine will. Well, anybody who goes to an art show for free wine is nuts. Uh, or bring your checkbook if you're well, going Well, you know, my, my wife has a wine store, so I That's can, right. you, I you can buy get the good wine. wine yeah. what, what's the website for Michelle's wine store? Uh, it's Door 24. Door 24. Oh, she's going to kill me. I don't know what the website address is. Well, this is why Danny's here. He'll yeah. look up the website. We're a exactly. full-service radio show here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, well, it's at 2124 North Damon, you know, which used to be things, my studio. One of the things about both of you, and, uh, and Tony, especially you, you have always been determined to kind of spread your wings. I mean, I'm not even Got talking to. about the jigsaw puzzles that you made. And the, the you, you became an actor. Yeah. What drew you to that? I know you were thinking about it while you were becoming You know what? Going to, see, going to see a play at what was then called, uh, uh, it was Steppenwolf before, St. Nicholas. Yeah, sure. Balm and Gilead. 
<laughs> yeah. And it landed for me. And oh, then bad. seeing Billy Peterson do In the Belly of the Beast. Mm-hmm. And the night I went. The old wisdom bridge, yeah. Yeah, the night I went, he banged his head on the table so hard, I swear to God he passed out. And years later. He did that every night. Yeah. Years later, I said to him, I swore you passed out that night. He goes, which night? I passed out a few (laughs) nights. And and I just thought, you know, there is something really naked and vulnerable about being able to, to... Take on another skin, so you wanted and not not imitate, but to in, embody. In essence, you wanted to explore yourself by yeah, exploring absolutely. other characters on stage. Absolutely, right. I mean, and, the closest they've ever gotten to me was Jack Birdbath in Patriot. Yeah. If you've yeah. not seen Patreon, yeah. on, I can't remember which streaming service it's uh, on. Amazon. It's on Amazon. That's fine. That's fine. And Amazon it was really Prime. Good. Tony yeah. was a guard. Tony was a sort of weird uh, I was a security guard. guard and a disgraced former policeman. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It, it, you've done a lot of, I mean, I saw you, I was re-watching, uh, not The Fugitive, that weird movie with... Uh, with Richard Gere and uh, oh, Primal Fear, yeah, Primal yeah, Fear, yeah. where you're like a cop sitting in the, yeah, exactly sitting eating, in the Cardinal donuts, house or uh, reading reading a magazine. You know, <laughs> did I was, you uh, watching a movie called Gladiator? And I had no I'm idea. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea yeah. Tony was in it. <laughs> you're you're going to do something soon, aren't you? You're in something soon. You're in like in Game of Thrones or something, uh, right? I, you know, Steve Conrad is working on that with George R. R. Martin right now. He's and, a uh, uh, talented writer director. Conrad's amazing. I mean, he's and just, he must think must think highly of you too. You know, he he, I, I uh, you know, when I read Birdbath, I thought, you know, they're going to show this to John Goodman or somebody. <laughs> and and the funny thing is, I saw Goodman in New Orleans not long after yeah. that. And he goes, you're so lucky that you know they didn't send that to my age first, you know. But um. Um, well, I've known since the Neville's cover. You yeah, know, sure. Mean, I, I met him there. Yeah, the he's Neville a, he's Brothers big friends with the, yeah. he, He's big friends with the Neville's. And, um, Do you ever think, Tony, and I've I'm, I'm ever been curious about this, that y- you have wound up really spreading your creative wings. And, Danny, think about this, too. You're a visual artist. You're an actor. You're a very talented writer, as I've told you. He wrote columns for New City, among many things. He has published all manner of books. He has yet to, in my mind, tackle a novel. Uh, you've been a radio host. That's in the works, the, the novel. Am I in it? I'm going to sue you. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're, I will, I will, believe me, there's a lot of you in it, you know? <laughs> Did you ever, I mean, do you ever think to yourself that you're spreading your creative wings too thin? No, because you know what? I've been avoiding honest work for 40 years, and I work for myself. Um, I Nobody hands me a paycheck every week. i got to go hustle and get it. Yeah, um, yeah. I sell my work, and I've, you know, social media was like the perfect thing. I put my stuff up for sale on Facebook, on Instagram, and, you know, at least once a week, somebody gets something. Um well, and then the inter- I thought the interesting thing was, and you too, Danny, and Danny's part of a new business with yeah. Tony, but the, the jigsaw puzzles were, were, I thought were, and I've written about much of this stuff, yeah. which is just a fascinating outgrowth of 
I didn't think you were spreading yourself thin. I thought you were you were exploding with creativity. Yeah, we and and we've not made one in over a year. We've yeah. not made a new one in over a year because the pandemic. Yeah, it was a pandemic people, thing. Yeah, people started going outside again, thankfully, and. Um, uh, I'll be real selective about making those in the future. Yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet. Um, I still make posters. I make totes, and people like them. You know. Um, yeah, there are now Tony Tony Fitzpatrick products. I mean, you could you well, could basically live your life. Just, yeah, you could wanna... live a Tony Fitzpatrick life <laughs> by buying stuff. Exactly. You poor thing. You know. Um, <laughs> but I wanted. Uh, I also wanted to send that message out there to other artists that. Any way you can get your work out there in front of people, as long as you don't embarrass yourself and yeah. do stupid stuff, you know? Talk to me for a second, Danny, about how you came to collaborate with Tony on your public art. I'm going to call it a public art company. We have a public art company. Tony yeah. got a heart attack, and uh, he was nursed by my my aunt. Your aunt. My aunt. Yeah. And, Rosa. Uh, mm. She would... Uh, she would uh, tell him about my work. I was in uh, graduate school at the <laughs> this time. This is great. She called me up one day and she goes, Tony, this is Rosa, who restored you to life. <laughs> <laughs> and she told me about Danny. Danny came in, he brought 17, 18 paintings, mm-hmm. and I looked at him, and and he, he was at a crossroads. Should I become yep. a professional boxer or a visual no, artist? No, I, 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 I wanted a, I like the box for fun, but I wanted to be a... Uh, Illustrator, that's what yeah, I was right, for. right, right. And I ended up becoming a I hooked fine him artist. Out of, I hooked them out of you know well, honest employment. One of the first that you you did an installation. He helped with the installation at Steppenwolf. Absolutely, yeah. he digitized every square inch of it. And then your own work is at that cool building, four forty eight North LaSalle. Yeah. Wow, yeah, which LaSalle. is which is you can go in the lobby and take a look at it. It's a yeah, public absolutely. building. In, uh, in, 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 the guys who run that building, the two guys who own it. Yeah, no kidding. Um, who I've met. JJ. Javers and, and Charlie Javers, his son, they, they look at that as an ongoing project. Yep. Um, we're going to curate every floor of that building Wonderful, because yeah. he, he honestly thinks that the, the building is tantamount to a work of art. It's like a it's, it's like a cla- it's a beautiful building miniature. Yeah. You know, it's a beautiful. It's right across the street from what used to be Michael Jordan's massive yeah. restaurant on, yeah. uh, and on LaSalle Street. We, we, uh, we did the. What's the name of your company, guys? Humble Caballo. Humble Caballo. Which means spell hum, it for hum, people. Humble horse. That's yeah, what spell it. Means. it. Humble horse. Yeah, humble spell horse. it for people. Uh, humble H U M B O. Uh, LDT and Caballo C A B A L L O. Yep. We have no website. I don't know why we're, <laughs> we're telling we're, people. We're, you guys are the worst self promoters. We'll, we'll take a little break, come back, and uh, finish up. I'm, we just uh, never enough time with Tony. But again, go to ChicagoPrintmakers.com about his show that starts Friday and runs through November 5th. We'll be right back. Well, the air show of the season is certainly Tony Fitzpatrick's The Years. The Years. Three decades of etching. It is his work covering three decades from the earliest days of his uh, now burgeoning careers at the Chicago Printmakers Collaborative. You can go to chicagoprintmakers.com to get all sorts of information. It opens Friday. Danny Torres is here. You will be at the opening, will you yes, not? Oh, yeah. And neither of you guys drink, so there'll be more free wine for others, <laughs> Absolutely. others there. How many and, ta- and Gabby how- will probably be pouring it. 
your daughter. Yes, it's my worth, daughter. It's worth going to see Absolutely. Gabby. I've known them since. She's got years. something to say. Gabby, yes, she does. Oh, just like, like. You uh, know, there are also two other really great shows in Chicago right now. Um, one, uh, Paloma Treco, which is called Paloma Shaloma at, at the Dime. Mm-hmm. And Where's the dime? It's at fifteen thirteen Northwestern Avenue. There so plenty of parking. Yes, that's when you say that's what you say when you're in a really dicey neighborhood. <laughs> plenty of parking, but um, her, all her neighborhoods work are very, dicey yeah, these her, days. Yeah, no kidding. Her her work is really inspired by jazz. By she was raised by an ethnomusicologist, and she is Mexican, Jewish, Canadian. Um, you know, she lived in Montreal, New Orleans, Chicago, you name it, wow. um, Mexico. Uh, but it, it's a fascinating. Uh, she's one of my heroes as a collagist. Um, she was in the show Bop that uh, sure. I curated in, sure. in New York. Oh, and I think so much of her, I turned the curatorial duty for Bop going forward over to her. Wow. Yeah, I honestly think that you know you don't need any more sixty-three-year-old white guys deciding what's what's au courant in uh, and and in well actually yes form. actually yes you do because age <laughs> is not a deterrent to uh, no I know I know but I I wanted to make it uh, good for you ecumenical and I wanted to make it I also wanted to have female curators which are a rarity really um, a rarity. Also, next uh, Thursday night at Povo's Gallery, 2000 North Milwaukee Avenue, Ashkan Haidari opens. This young man I have known since he was a kid. <laughs> me too. And he wor- yeah, he worked exactly. for you. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He worked for me for five years. And, you know, his paintings, if you take Persian art, uh, Picasso, George Kondo, uh, rap music, skate culture, throw them all in the blender... When they come out, it's something like what Ashkan does, but wow. there's so much of him and there's so much heart in it. Um, I am endlessly proud of him. You have, Tony, you have a real reputation, well-deserved as a mentor now, Danny Torres being one of your mentees, as they say. Yeah, but I teach him all the bad habits, too, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a balance. A, yeah, <laughs> it's so strange to be around two people who don't drink. Uh, this reminds me of when my mother stopped drinking. Uh, that's very Did important. it improve her mood? Uh, rarely. Did it help <laughs> Rarely, rarely, rarely. I've known a lot of people who stopped drinking. Uh, yeah, the first ten words at every AA meeting in Chicago is, my name is Jack. I'm an alcoholic. You know, it all started uh, drinking down at Ricardo's with, with that Kogan guy. <laughs> and I tried to keep up with him, and that's when everything went to hell. <laughs> uh, good old... The good old newspaper days. Uh, what do you guys, so what's the future for your uh, endeavor? We have some public projects coming up. I mean, we're looking at one for New York. Oh, fantastic. Which uh, is, you know those pieces I posted, the uh, Angels of New York City? Oh, yeah. They're all silhouettes of women. And when my mom was alive, they were her. And now they're kind of Gabby, you oh, know? that's great. So, um we're, we're talking to a, a bigger company out there. We can't really divulge it. No, yet, no, no. That's it'll fine. probably be the side of a building on the Lower East Side, oh. and it'll be five uh, five panels, and we'll do it with the ceramic uh, tile. Wow. Are we, we going to work with Imola? Oh yeah, yeah Ceramica yeah. Imola, the guys who did the the ceramic tiles for Steppenwolf, Steppenwolf, Steppenwolf from Bologna, wow. and they have an office right here on Michigan Avenue, and they're fascinating guys. 
Well, they are the future of street art. Well, there should be more street art because street absolutely, art, it, man, it, it it elevates elevates any it's gallery city. for the people. Yeah, there, yeah, there's a guy that's doing, exactly right. doing amazing stuff right now, Joe Centrock Perez. Uh, who does these incredible uh, murals all over the city. He's got an opening at the Elmhurst Museum, right? He's, yeah, yeah, he's got an opening at the Elmhurst Museum. It just happened this I think weekend. really soon, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, just opened. Like yesterday, mm-hmm. probably, yeah. Like, Danny, um, are you doing work of your own? I Right now, I have a handful of commissions i got to get done. That's and fantastic. That's yeah, good. I'm, I'm happy. And then as soon as I'm, I'm free of that, I'm, I'm going to focus on my next solo show. So. Well, we are doing a show of based on batman yeah at the, at the end of uh, october going back october. to the early comic Absolutely. days of tony fitzpatrick the child no it's it's, it's more like danny torres <laughs> who, whose whole, whole wardrobe consists of nothing but batman t-shirts <laughs> today he decided to be you know Spider-Man. counterintuitive yes well, he Spider-Man. was coming on the show and he wanted to dress exactly. up he wanted to dress up for the radio but yeah the batman is going to open right before halloween weekend uh, uh, oh and, wow where yeah we're gonna have fun the dime man yeah, where you know? else and then exactly next, next year peter bella will have his photography absolutely the mm-hmm. great peter bella you guys, Tony, you know how much I admire you. I've known you for since 1981. Hey, you've been one of my best friends for more for than half, half a century. Life. Half my life. It's scary. Half a century. It is scary. Danny, does it scare you at all? No, not at all. Good. <laughs> uh, it's been great. This show really could have gone out. Tony and I actually could sit here and talk about various health problems that we've had over, no the, kidding. Last, over the last few years, and that would you charm. You know, we should have a show. You and I should do a show together, and it man. should be it should be called we both, One Week It'd Be... What's so? What's wrong, Tony? And the next week it'll be called. So what's Rick? wrong, Rick? What's, what's up uh, with Rick? You know, you know what I mean. And we're we're relatively safe because we both know where the bodies are buried. Yes. Honey. Like, we could blackmail each other. I would you know? use the phrase "relatively safe," guys. Yeah. Thank, thank you for doing this. Thanks for coming. Thanks in. for having us. Thank man. you, folks thank out there, for listening. And I'll talk to you next week. Be safe out there.